The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Last week on Power of the Word. Now this word compassion means to love tenderly, to pity, to show mercy, to be full of eager yearning, to long or to yearn. Now listen to this, to long or to yearn to do good. God longs to do good for you. He is more desirous to do good for you than you are desirous for him to do it. He's more anxious and eager to do good to you than you want it or even need it. The Bible is no ordinary book. It's the living, breathing Word of God Almighty. In this series, Prioritizing God's Word, Dr. Ed King emphasizes the importance of consistent daily Bible reading and reminds us that Scripture is God's love letter to us. It's full of His promises and is a guidebook for life. If you have a daily devotional life where you spend time just reading Scripture, you'll find that the Scripture will inspire you even on what to pray and how to pray. Putting God's Word first can change everything about you and provide the understanding needed for your future in Him. To receive this series, Prioritizing God's Word, as a digital download for $13 or on CD for $25, visit us online at powerofTheWord.com or call us at 1-800-956-4433. Make God's Word a priority in your life. You will never be the same. So Jesus is as merciful today as he ever was. That high priest that ever lives to make intercession for you right now is as merciful to you today and for you today as he's ever been. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he ever showed mercy, if he ever showed compassion, he's showing it today. What do you need? What's your mercy cry? Oh, my children are away from God. Mercy, Lord. Oh, I need a healing in my body. Mercy, Lord. Oh, I need a breakthrough on my job. Mercy, Lord. He's a merciful God. Amen. Hebrews 5, verse 1, For every high priest taketh from among men is ordained for men and things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion Listen to this, on the ignorant. Well, I didn't know. Okay, he's got compassion for that. He said he'll give you compassion even if you're ignorant. Somebody say stupid. Have you ever been stupid? You ever look back and think, man, I was stupid when I got here. I shouldn't have bought that. How in the world did I get hooked up with this? I'm not calling names, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? He said he can have compassion on the ignorant. And listen to this. And them that are out of the way. You ever lose direction for life? You ever uncertain about where you're headed? God says call on his mercy. 
call in on his compassion. And he said, when you get out of the way, when you got out of the way by being ignorant, even of how you got there. Well, he's going to hold them to it. You know, if you, <clears throat> if you mess up, you're going to have to pay the price. Really? No, that's what mercy is. Mercy said there's somebody else paid the price. Well, he's going to hold me till I pay the uttermost farthing. No, that's what mercy's all about, dear heart. Just because you made a mistake and you were dumb in your decisions, and we've all been there. We've all been there. What's the cry? Mercy. He kept, he, he, I, I got this in the drive. He told me to preach this, so it, you're getting it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He said, you tell them I'm a good God and I'll have mercy on whatever they need. You remember the story of the demoniac? You find it in Mark chapter 5, and it's, it's a long story, and I won't read it. It goes, it starts in Mark 5, goes from verse 1 all the way through verse 20. And I can't read it for time's sake. But you come down to verse number 15 and you find that this one that was possessed and God delivered. And he was in the tombs crying, cutting himself. He was a cutter, hurting himself, bringing, you know, harm to his own body. And he was obviously in a horrible spot. We don't know how he got there. But when Jesus came, he freed him, and they found him clothed and in his right mind. Now, see, that's what mercy does. Uh -huh. Well, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have got involved over there. They got to clubbing. They got to running around. They got involved in this. Look what happened to them. God says, no, no, I'm going to show them my mercy. See, we'd show them God's judgment. But Jesus said, no, let me show you my mercy. Amen. We go on, and they saw it and told others what happened. And, and anyway, in uh, verse 19, for time's sake, and Jesus suffered him not. He wanted to go with Jesus. You know, after he'd been set free, you don't want to go with Jesus too. You know, he set you free from that mess. You don't want to go be with him. But Jesus said, no, not so. But he said unto him, go tell your friends. This is verse 19. And tell them how great things the Lord has done for you. So go tell them what good things God did for you. Now listen. And has had compassion on you. I want you to go tell your friends about a compassionate Jesus. I want you to go tell your friends about a loving, merciful, kind, good God. And we find, you know, there's, there's a passage over here. Now, this, it says that he lived in this area called Decapolis, verse 20, and he began to publish in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him. And one of those great things was his compassion. And we find over here in Matthew 15, verse 30 and 31, that a great multitude came to him to hear him. And it says that the multitudes wondered when he saw when they saw the dumb speak and all the great things that Jesus did. Now the point I'm making here is not so much to emphasize that particular thing, but this meeting where these multitudes came 
was in Decapolis where this demoniac went and told them about the compassion of Jesus. And it so absolutely penetrated the region that when Jesus got there, there were multitudes waiting to experience his compassion. But see, we want to talk about God's judgment. And God's going to kill you and God's going to get you. Why don't we go talk about his compassion and his goodness and what a great God he is and what a good God he is. He is a good God. Now there's a judgment coming, but we're not there yet, thank God. Right now we're in grace. Everybody say grace. <laughs> we find over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, you getting anything? Well, <laughs> mercy's right. And we find over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 3, it says, Blessed be the God, of, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Now, what I want to point out to you here is the word mercies. Now, that's a plural word. Everybody say plural. plural. Now, see, we, we, we are quick to be able to receive His mercy as it relates to the forgiveness of our sins. God be merciful to me a sinner. We can come and bring our boatload of sin and we can receive mercy there, but we don't think God's mercy is extended anywhere else or God's compassion. Now I'm not saying we don't think that, but we don't talk about it. See, healing is a mercy. Deliverance is a mercy. This demoniac was delivered by the mercy or the compassion of a good God. Amen. I said, amen. amen. I said, amen. amen. Now I just jotted down some things here and I want to give you these, you know, fairly quickly. I don't have time to spend a lot of time on it, but I want to give them to you quick enough to where you get an idea. Everybody say the God of mercies. God of mercies. Now remember, we're talking plural, not just the God who forgives sin, but the God that has compassion, compassion for other things. God shows his compassion Obviously for the sinner, we saw that in Micah 7, 19. He said, he will have compassion upon us and subdue our iniquities and cast our sins to the depths of the sea. So God's compassionate to the sinner. Amen. But then we find he shows compassion for the sick. We find in Matthew 14, 14, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick. So healing is a mercy. God's compassion is extended for the sick. When you don't know what to pray, pray mercy. When you don't know what to ask for, cry mercy. Amen. We find in Matthew 20 and 34, so Jesus had compassion on them. He's talking about blind people. And he touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. So Jesus had compassion on the blind and he healed their blindness. I could give you story after story after story. I can just give you these things on the fly because I don't have time to preach them all. I'm just trying to emphasize to you and illustrate to you that his mercy is not singular, it's plural. It's more than just the forgiveness of sin. It's more than just coming to him as a sinner. 
healing is a mercy of God. And God is more desirous to heal you than you're desirous to receive it. That takes the work out of it a little bit, doesn't it? God is more desirous to heal you than you're desirous to receive it. His mercies are new every morning throughout eternity. <laughs> Amen. We find here in, that he shows compassion for the hungry. And I'm talking about the physical hunger. Hunger. I'm not talking about spiritual hunger. I mean, that could apply. But he goes into Matthew 15 and verse 32. And Jesus called his disciples unto, unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting lest they fan in the way. So his compassion will feed the hungry. You hungry? His compassion will feed you. It'll forgive you of your sins. It'll heal you of your sickness. It'll feed you when you're hungry. His mercies endure forever. He shows compassion for those who are financially oppressed. We find in Matthew 18, verse 27, And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. When you're in a financial jam, I don't care if you were stupid. He already dealt with that, didn't he? We're ignorant and out of the way. He already got that one. So he, our ignorance that got us in the mess, he said, just call on mercy. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. My God. Boy, that's a lot better, isn't it? Mm. Not here to condemn you. I'm here to help you. So God shows compassion for the financially oppressed. Amen. He broke the debt cycle off of somebody that had gotten in a mess. You ever felt like you were in a mess and couldn't get out of it? You ever bought something? Don't think this, these, these bills will never stop coming. God says, I got mercy for you. Mm -mm -mm -mm. That ought to be good news to somebody. Not just somebody in this room, somebody on that little connection we got there. God's talking to you today. Amen. He had passion or compassion on those who were spiritually adrift or had no direction in life. We find in Matthew 9 and verse number 36. You learn anything? Amen. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted, were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. They were spiritually adrift. Drift. They had no direction in life. They couldn't find their purpose. They couldn't find what their life was all about. They couldn't find hope and meaning. They couldn't find which way to go. You may have been to college, but you can't get planted in a career because nothing fits you. You maybe don't know what you want to do in college. Maybe you don't need to go to college. I'm not prophesying to you, but you know, some of them teach you how to be a good Marxist. 
So watch, watch out, okay? <laughs> Might want to watch that one. But what I'm trying to point out to you is when we're adrift and we don't know what to do, and we've all had those times in life where it's like, Lord, I don't seem to fit. I don't seem to fit in. I don't, everything I do, this job, it's a dead end. I can't, it's a good job. I make good money. I, I, I can't stand it. Adrift. Trying to find your way in life. A sheep with no shepherd. Adrift with no direction. What's the word? Mercy. He said, if you'll call on me and you'll ask me for mercy, I'll show you a merciful, compassionate God and I'll intervene. I'll get involved with you and I'll show you the way out of that desert. I'll show you how to go to the top and not live a life that seems fruitless and hopeless and meaningless with no purpose. I'll show you what you need. I'll show you the direction that you need. He sent his word and healed them. As the word goes out, it heals the hurting, mends the wounded, uplifts the weak, and nurtures the hungry. Through power of the word, we are taking that healing message of hope to all the world to change lives every day and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Partner with us and help change lives. Paul said that when you partner with a ministry, the grace that's on that ministry begins to be the grace that comes on you. As you're faithful, we know you will see God change your life as well. We have several ways you can give. Go to poweroftheword.com. Call us at 1-800-956 4433 or text the word give to 1-865-978-6380. Another thing that he had compassion for was the backslider. We all know the story. We should know the story. In Luke 15 about the prodigal that left the father. And that's a type of the heavenly father. And so the prodigal went out, spent all of his living, wasted everything, was completely broke. He said to himself while he was out there adrift in that condition, he said, if I could just get home. He said, the servants at my father's house are doing better than me. He said, I don't, I'm not going to go back and demand my rights and my privileges as a son again. I'm just going to go back and see if he'll give me a job because it'd have to be better than this thing I'm doing. And so he didn't come demanding. He came repentant before God, put himself in a position to receive mercy. And what did the father say about him in Luke 15 and 20? And again, this is the type of the heavenly father. And when he saw him coming, he saw him down the road. He said, that looks like Jim down there. Could it be he's been gone so long? He said, I, I, I don't know where he's at. See, they didn't have communication. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have any way. They didn't have mail. He said, is that, is that Jim? It walks like him. It, it, it looks like him. And as you get closer, he said, I believe that's him. Could it be a father, a son separated? Could it be 
He kept getting closer, and he said, that's him. That's really him. And so what does the father do? He said, as he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, the father saw him and had compassion, not judgment. My God, what do you want to tell him all the bad stuff he did? He knows what he did. Look at the mess. Shut up. Shut mouth. Have party. That's what he did. Shut mouth, have party. That's the, that's the deal. Amen. That's the quick version. Shut mouth, have party. Everybody say, shut mouth, shut mouth. Have, party. have party. Well, he may feel justified. No, he already feels bad enough. Shut mouth, have party. Do you know the father never one time said one thing, never said one thing about where he'd been, what he'd done, how much money he's been, never said one thing about it. Shut mouth, have party. Good advice. Amen. So what does the father do? He had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That's what compassion does. It doesn't condemn the backslider. It hugs and embraces and it kisses and it brings in the one that's been hurt by life circumstance. Amen. Go thou and do likewise. Amen. <laughs> so he had compassion on the backslider, and he shows compassion for the hurting and wounded. We all know the story of the Good Samaritan. And all the, you know, the religious people and everybody went by on the wrong side of the road. You know, they wouldn't get over there close to him. And here he is. He's, he's wounded. He's, he's hurt. He's been beaten. He's been robbed. And everything bad's happened to him. Luke 10, 30. And Jesus answered, a certain man, that man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. It stripped him of his raiment and wounded him. And he part, they departed, leaving him half dead. Verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, the good Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. So when you see somebody hurting and in trouble, the presence of God brings a compassion to them. Now that's what I'm extending to you today, and I believe that's what the Lord told me to do. And I've had to hurry to get all this stuff in here. But I didn't want three messages out of this. I wanted one. You can plug one in and get the whole deal. Now, there may be additions to it, but you can get the whole shooting match in one shot here. God loves you. He cares about you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. I don't care how foolish you've been. I don't care how much you need him. He wants you. He will in no wise cast you out. You need healing. He's willing. You need deliverance. You need a financial breakthrough. He's willing. All we have to do is say, Lord, I need your mercy. And you know what he said? You call on mercy and compassion will find you. God wants to get involved in you. He's more concerned about getting to you than you are getting him to you. He cares about you more than you even care about yourself. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he knows how to do it all. 
and his arm is not short, and his hand is not slack concerning his love and his care for you. He cares about you. And God is a good God. And he wants to do good to you. You want it? Say, Lord, Lord. show me your mercy. mercy. Now, every one of you, when you say that, there's a customization that comes with it. What mercy means to me, it means something else to you. I'm in a different role in life. I'm in a different position in life than you are. But we all need God's mercy. We all do. And you know what? He's not taking you through a formula. He's not taking you through a bunch of works. He's saying, just call on me. And let me get involved with you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, he's not far away. He's closer to you than your breath. And he loves you. And he cares about you. In this old mixed up world where so many things go so haywire all the time, we have an anchor, we have a stabilizer for the soul, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he wants to show you his compassion, and he wants to show you his mercy. We have a Father in heaven that is a good and compassionate, loving and kind God. When you say something is absolute, that means there is no deviation, there's no other option. Absolute cold is as cold as you can get. That's absolute cold. I forget exactly, there's a number that goes with that, but it's, it's cold. And that means there's the absence completely of any heat. Now, God is absolutely good. There is no bad in Him. There is no presence of anything evil, dark, oppressive, hurtful, or harmful. Now, God's all-knowing, and He knows things. He knows the end from the beginning, and sometimes we have a self-interpretation of how life ought to be, and if we could live our life, we'd make it completely comfortable. There'd be no trials, no difficulties, no tests, or anything in that. So when you say God is good, that doesn't mean the absence of challenge doesn't mean the absence of um, things that maybe are a little bit hurtful to us not in the fact that it hurts or harms us but in the fact that we don't get our way and we get delayed so sometimes we interpret God in the light of our own desires and needs but God is completely for you 100 percent of the time all the time and he's completely good all of the time now you can meet him through his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent to be the savior of the world and to be your savior. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer, know you meant it, you wouldn't pray it. Let us know here at Power of the Word so we can be in prayer with you, stand with you, in your walk with God. 
We love you. Enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless. We'll see you soon. We hope you've been blessed by today's teaching. If you would like to receive this message by Dr. Ed King as an MP3 or CD for a gift of any amount, please visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Let the truths found in this message take hold in your life. Request your copy today.